all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Ah, feel the woe with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now only at BJ's. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. Lift your Bibles high. Let's make our confession of faith together. Everybody say it with me. I am blessed because the life-giving message I'm about to hear will change what I do. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, have your way. I bind every spirit that would oppose the free flow of the word. I bind every spirit that's made worship about them instead of the Lord. Father, we come to worship you and focus on you. We've come to serve you and focus on you. So we shut down anything that opposes that free flow. Holy Spirit, have your way and get the glory out of everything. Matter of fact, make the devil mad this morning, God. Make every witch mad this morning, God. Make every warlock mad this morning, God. Make every Jezebel mad this morning, God. Make every spirit that would oppose the word mad today because you're about to get the glory. Why? Because the curse breaker in us is about to emerge out of us. The curse breaker in us is about to emerge out of us. The curse breaker in us is about to emerge out of us. The the curse breaker in us is about to emerge out of us. And we declare before the end of this month, every single curse that's been in operation in our lives, we declare that it's going to be broken. I need you to do it the hand movement with me. We declare it's going to be broken. We declare it's going to be broken in Jesus' name. If you believe what you pray, put a praise behind that. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I just needed to get the atmosphere together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at somebody next to you and say, you're sitting next to a curse breaker. On chat, tell them you're sitting next to a curse breaker. Grab a seat. Let's go to work. So our series is Curse Breaker. This is week three. And we've learned that in every day, in every decision, your words and your actions choose one of two things. They choose the blessing or a curse. Look look at me. It is on you 
And it's not on your mother, your father, your brother, your uncle, your sister, your cousin, your pastor, your boss. It is on you to make the choice. Deuteronomy 11.26 says, see, I am setting before you today. That means every day and every decision. Look at me. Every day God sets you out a platter. Now, whether or not you take from the blessing or the curse of that platter, it's on you. I need you to stop blaming other people for why your life is the way it is. Mm -mm. I need you to stop blaming other people for why your situations are the way that they are. I'm going to tell you, watch me, you're about to be empowered to choose better so that you can experience better. I, I feel bad for the people that thought your story was over. No, that's the end of that chapter, but I got to... I got a whole nother chapter. I feel bad for the people that walked out on you and thought it's going to be over if I'm not there to do it. Oh, baby, what you don't know about the God that I serve is, is that he'll have a replacement waiting before you ever decided to walk out in the first place. I Deuteronomy 11.26c, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. What have we learned? We've learned that a curse has several meanings. And this is something that we choose with our words and our actions. It means to abate, to make less and to reduce. If you see areas of your life where you're not in abundance, but you're in abatement, that means that you are walking in a curse. Everything about you should always be increasing. Pay attention. Even if it looks like a temporary decrease, because the blessing is on you, God will take what looks like decrease and makes it increase. Watch me. The Bible says that we are like eagles. Say eagles. An eagle doesn't just hop off of a ledge and begin to fly. An eagle first has to dive so that it gets the lift that it needs to raise it up higher. Here's how you know whether it's a curse or a blessing. Did you bounce back from it? And I'm so glad you sit next to somebody that's got a bounce back anointing. It looked like I was diving, but baby, I bounced back. Yesterday, I took an L, but I bounced back. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I'm in my bounce back season. Yeah. That's how I know that the blessing of the Lord is working in my life. Because even though it looked like it was going down, all God was doing was giving me the lift that I needed to. Second meaning. Second meaning, it means to make bright for negative reasons. It means when a curse is working, you're going to get attention from the negative things you do. You will never get attention for the good things that you do. In fact, when a curse is working, it is illegal in the spirit for you to ever get credit for the good things that you do. Some of you keep saying, nobody ever pays attention to the good that I do. That's not an indictment on them. It's an indictment on you. It doesn't mean you're underappreciated. It means your curse won't let you see the value that you bring be seen. Number three, it means to bring into contempt. This means that you will feel worthless, and not only will you feel worthless, but then you will treat things as they are worthless. Pay attention. When a curse is working, you can have success but still not feel worth anything. Have you ever looked at people, and you looked at the people they picked to be around, and you were like, what is it about you that makes you attracted to such low-level people? What do you mean low-level people? The Bible says, Jesus says, do not cast your pearls before swine, nor give what's holy to the dogs. Jesus the Christ calls certain people. He says certain people are nothing but pigs, there you go, and dogs. I don't care how much lipstick you put on this thing. It's a pig. I don't care if you put it behind Mac, Maybelline, Gucci boots, Gucci belt, Louis. I don't care what you put on it. It's still what it is. And this is the challenge some of you are having. Watch me. Is that you keep trying to dress up what ain't worth much. I 
When a curse is working, it means, watch me, that you feel worthless and you treat things like they're worthless. So you'll be given an opportunity and you'll squander it because you'll treat it like it doesn't mean much. Because the opportunity, watch me, it had value. You just didn't know how to value anything with value. But I'm excited about you because you're not just going to have success, you're also going to have worth. Which means every seat of opportunity you're given, you're going to value it. And when you handle this seat, he'll trust you with a bigger seat. Watch me. Your self-worth is about to increase. No more will you think little of yourself. I need you to elbow somebody next to you and say, my self-esteem is bouncing back. Come on. Uh -uh, wrong neighbor. Try somebody else. Come on. Elbow him a fist bump and say, my self-esteem is bouncing back. I yeah, how do I know? Because I started saying no when I saw people that didn't match my worth. I started telling certain people, well, we can't be friends no more. Why? You don't match the level of worth that I bring and that I am. Iron sharpens iron. You're about to have a circle upgrade. You're about to have a friend upgrade. You're about to have a team upgrade. You're is the next definition next definition to a curse this means to deliver to one of three places when a curse is working in your life you are delivered to one of three places number one you're delivered to destruction number two misery or evil no matter where you try to go no matter where you set your navigation to go in life when a curse is working it will always end in one of these three places destruction which means you spent a lot of time building it to only watch it burn and I don't know who needs to hear this. Watch me. You didn't spend those years building it to burn it down because of your bad attitude. Mm, mm, mm. Well, watch me. Misery. What does this mean? It is that literally you will end up in a place of misery in that area of your life. See, it's going to start great. It's going to start amazing. But when a curse is working, it has no choice but to end up in one of these places. This is how you know some people are cursed when they get married. Why? Because they end up, watch me, in destruction, misery, and evil. It was great when they started. They loved them when they started. They was having plenty of sex when they got married. But watch me, because a curse is working. Y'all ain't going to say nothing? So you should have talked to me. You didn't even expect me to come that way, did you? Because it may start amazing, but then when a curse is working, it's got to end up in one of three places. It may start, oh, I love this job. This is the best job I've ever had. Oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus, for this job. Oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity. And because a curse is working, all of a sudden, it will end up in one of those three places. And I came today to reset your navigation system. Because there's some areas of your life that were headed for destruction, misery, and evil. But we're about to interrupt that today. I need you to open up your mouth, please, and say, I'm the curse breaker. To despise, this means to be thought little of and to think little of. Then next is trifling, which means everything to you is trivial. When a curse is working in your life, nothing is important. Nothing is a big deal. Everything is trivial. Even when you do something that you know is a big deal, you think it should be handled trivially because you don't see it as a big deal. Everything eventually ends in death. Everything eventually ends in death and it doesn't come back to life there's no resurrection there's just death and it's not resting in peace it's resting in poison it's not resting in peace it's resting in promise that could have been but you 
I keep having you say this because the Bible says life and death are in the power of your tongue. I keep having you elbow and touch somebody and on chat, I keep having you agree with somebody. Why? Because whenever two or three touch agreeing on anything, it shall be done for them. Listen, you only have nine more days left. So that means it's a 911 situation. We don't have time to be playing. I wish I had a room and I wish I had a digital campus full of people that say I don't have time to play with these things I've got to break these things would you just fist bump one more person and say and we're breaking every curse by the end of this month if you believe that worship God for five four three you don't have much time to, you can't take this in December you can't take this in December you can't take this in December because in December you are about to see God blow your mind. Shout, I'm the curse breaker. So we learn, if you choose not to break curses, we learned this on Sunday, that it makes you histrionic, which means overly dramatic, theatrical. And literally, the word histrionic uh, in its original definition, it dealt with theater and people that act and actresses. It literally will make you act like two different people. See, we looked at Mark chapter 5, verse 9, and Jesus says to this man, he says, what is your name? And the man replies, my name is Legion, for we are many. You see, he says, my name is Legion, singular, for we are many, plural. He says, I've refused to break the curses, so now the curses have me acting like multiple people. See, I got my Sunday me, hallelujah, curse breaker. And then there's my Monday me. I don't know how things are going to work out. Ain't nothing going to change. I'm so tired, Lord. What are you going to give me a break to? You have the victorious you. And then you have the you that feels like you're, you're at the bottom of a valley. You have the you that shouts shalom. And then you have the, the you that shouts another S. It's quiet. Now we don't have as many letters as shalom. You have the I'm victorious you. And then you have the oh my God, why me? This is what happens when you refuse to be the curse breaker. Look at me, look at me. God is not responsible for anything in your life that's not blessed. Your words and your actions are. How do I know I'm breaking every curse? Because you are about to change your words and your actions. I'm not waiting on God to do what I can do. See, he's got to do what I can't do, but I got to do what I can do. So we saw the histrionic traits in this man. And Mark 5 and 3 says he lived among the tombs. So he lived in the past. He literally lives his life from the past. He has no fresh victories. He has nothing new good that's going on in his life. You ever met somebody that when you talk to them, it's like going through a time war because all their conversations about what happened in the 80s and the 90s. All their conversations about, man, ba look, baby, when your mama was, baby, you are not that age no more. You need to have it today. Oh, when your daddy was back. Back when, sir, I need you to have some fresh victories. I, for your business, every entrepreneur and business owner, I need you to have some fresh I don't want to hear about how good you did at the dot-com boom. I want to hear how you maximized and prospered in the midst of a pandemic. I he lived from the past. All of his conversations were like going through a time warp because everything he talked about was from the past. What are in tombs? In tombs are nothing but dead people, dead situations. The only thing living is the fresh flowers that people came to rememorialize what was already gone. 
And for some of you, your conversations keep bringing flesh flowers on a situation that is all, pick the scripture down, please. It keeps bringing fresh flowers on situations and circumstances that have already been memorialized. And you think because you brought flowers, you're going to bring it back. I need you to let your past go. I need you to let your past go. I need you to realize it is what it is and let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Paul said it like this. I forget those things that are behind me. I need you to forget every failure, forget every screw up, every mess up. And I need you to reach forward to those things that are ahead of you. How do I reach? I can't reach forward and backward at the same time. Why? I'll be stuck. And for some of you, you've been stuck because you're reaching back and forward. You can't do both. You're going to have to reach forward. Say, I will not live in the tombs. Watch me. And no one could bind him anymore, not even with the chain, which means, look at the key word here, anymore, which means the man became uncontrollable, which means the man is a control freak. What is a control freak? A control freak is a person that when something doesn't go the way they want, they, they call themselves buying out. But you can't bow because you didn't give a good performance. You only get to bow when you did good. A lot of Christians, I'm just bowing out. Baby, you can't bow because you did a horrible job. I, watch me. He became uncontrollable. He was a control freak. Anything that didn't go the way he wanted to go, listen, he lost his mind. He became histrionic. He went from shalom, God is good, to I can't believe they didn't do it the way I wanted to do it. He's a control freak. Elbow the person next to you and say, is he talking to you? If they say no, liar, control freak. They so much in control, they have to lie in church. Listen. <laughs> I love you. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. How many of us can be honest, 915, that we all sometimes have moments and spurts where we want to be in control? <laughs> do, do, do. No one can bind him anymore. He's uncontrollable, not even with the chain. What does this mean? That consequences don't change him. See, when, when you refuse to break curses, you'll look at consequences as normal. So you'll begin to say things like, that's just the way my life is. That's just the way it has to be for me. That's just the way things go for me. That's not the way it's supposed to be. It's that change don't work with you anymore. Change don't work with you anymore. And so now God says, since the chain didn't work, I'm going to have to do something more severe to get your attention. What is the chain designed to do? To restrict movement. For some of you, there's things you wanted to do. God hadn't let you do because he says, I need to learn. I need you to learn how to give up control. Oh, my God. For some of you, who in the building and who online can say, there's some things in the last 12 months you wanted to do, but you were not able to do. Hear me. Could it be that God says, I'm trying to get you to stop being a control freak and learn that your life is not even about you? Open your mouth. Say, this is bigger than me. This is. He had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles in pieces. Look at me. He thought what he was doing was a good thing to be uncontrollable. He thought, ain't nobody going to run me. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. And, and here's the problem. When you live that way, then God says, well, then the only thing I can do is I'm going to have to up, I'm going to have to up your warfare. I'm going to have to increase your warfare. Why? Because you think, you listen, you're going around telling people, yeah, I ripped them chains. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. You're bragging about being dishonorable. Yo. Yeah. 
You're bragging about being a control freak. You're bragging about doing something that God is like, that's not even something. That ain't cute. He broke the shackles in pieces. Look at the last part. No one had the strength to subdue him. He was too difficult to deal with. You know a curse is working when people would rather just not be bothered with you because you're too much extra. And then you get mad when nobody told me anything because you're too difficult to deal with when we tell you anything. The best thing for us to do is just put you over in your corner and leave you over there because you're too much to deal with. Nobody had to. Okay, look at me. Look at me because you might be sitting next to him. Do you know somebody that just dealing with them? You're like, you know what? <laughs> Tony, go deal with this. <laughs> no, I mean, no, not literally. <laughs> you ready though? Why? Because you're too much of a drain. You're a black hole of energy. So dealing with you, it's just, it's just, it's just unpleasant. And, and, and watch me, and watch me, and watch me, and watch me. <laughs> you ready? And then you will get mad that nobody wants to deal with you. But you are so difficult to deal with, it's just easier not to deal with you. Because you become a distraction to the assignment. And when you're dealing with people that understand the assignment, they ain't going to let you steal their energy. I, I need you to open your mouth and say, I understand my assignment. I and I don't have time to let anybody or anything zap my energy, steal my energy, or steal my focus. So the, he that does not increase you will decrease you. So you got to learn how to tell some people, I don't have time to be bothered with you and your messy behind. Go on now. Practice this southern saying, say, go on now. Verse 5, histrionic. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains. He was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. See the roller coaster? He's in the tombs, low places. He's, he's, he's down here. He, he, he's down here with dead stuff. He's in the tombs. And then watch me. Then he goes to the mountain. And let me see if I can paint it another way. He's on the tombs. And then the next moment, but look at how good God been to me. He's in the tombs. But, but then the next moment, Ooh, but look at the table God has set out in front of me. It's an emotional roller coaster because he keeps going back and forth between death and life. And for some of you, this is what your days look like. You're tired and you just woke up. Why? You're on a roller coaster. And I came to get you off that ride. See, here's how life is supposed to be. Romans 8, 28, and we know he makes all things work together for the good of them that love him according to his purpose. Which means, listen, I don't care what happens. All right, check this out. Check this out. Run at me. Run at me. Run at me. Run at me. All things work together for the good of them that love me. See, here's how you're supposed to be. I'm unbothered. Where the curse break is at? I'm so un... They running at you with bad news. And he makes all things work together for my good. They running at you from the other side with bad news. Baby, you must not know about my God. My God is dope. Look. They're trying to start mess with you and come at you. No, I am unbothered. 
I'm not going to be in no emotional roller coaster. You ain't taking me down. You ain't taking me down. You ain't taking me up. You ain't. I wish a ninja would. I Open up your mouth. Say, I'm unbothered. That's how you're supposed to be. That's how you're supposed to be. This emotional roller coaster, that's a curse. It's a curse. Now, Bishop, what are you saying? You can't have moments? Oh, you can have moments, but listen, baby, you've had decades. We're not talking about moments. See, that's how the enemy works. See, I say something like that, you'd be like, well, I don't do it every day, only about three, five days out of the week. You didn't waste half your week on a roller coaster. And you know what I don't like about roller coasters? Is that you don't get no tickets at the end of the ride. See, watch me. What are you trying to say? There's no reward for staying on a roller coaster. I, and for some of y'all, I need you in the spirit to say, I'm coming off that roller coaster today. I, I'm not doing all this up and down and up and down and up and down. I, ain't nobody got time for that. Now watch me. He, 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 he's on this roller coaster night and day, which means his sleep is off. His rest is off. Some of you, you know that a curse is working because you don't have restful sleep. And it's not because of a health issue. It's not because the TV's on. It's not because you ate pizza at 11.30. It is because, watch me, there is something going on in you. And God is trying to awaken the curse breaker in you. And the only time you're easy to deal with is when you sleep. Night and day. He's in the tombs and on the mountains, up and down, up and down. Because you look, I got to walk to the tomb. I got to walk back to the mountain. This is why you're so tired. I don't have time to work out. Liar, you spend all your time on the emotional roller coaster. You got time. I don't have time to do this. Liar, you got time. He said, Bishop, you're talking real strong because I got nine days to get you out these curses. If it's your first time, don't be offended. I just have an assignment, and I understand the assignment. I'm not standing in front of God saying I didn't get it done. But everybody that believes you're about to break every curse that's been in operation in your life, by the end of this month, I need you to shout right there. Go. Hey. Curse breaker. Curse breaker. Curse breaker. Curse breaker. Curse breaker. By the end of this month, curse breaker. Curse breaker. Curse breaker. Would you look over at somebody and say, you a curse breaker. I am a curse breaker. Let's go. So I know I'm speaking strong. That's because I have an assignment and I have nine days to get it done. Look at me. You spend all your time walking back and forth. This is where your energy goes. This is why you're always sick. Because your body can't fight. This is why you always stressed. Ain't nobody gonna send it to me. Cause you always fighting. So now your immune system can't be. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me. Watch me. This is why your hair is falling out. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. This is watch me. This is why you graying in places you never thought you'd gray in. Who am I talking to? <laughs> this is why weights coming on places you like, I didn't even know weight could go over there. I didn't even know fat could go over there. 
Because you're spending your energy, pay attention, you're spending your energy on the ups and downs, which means you never move. You're not listening to me. You're not listening. You're spending your energy between the ups and the downs in the roller coaster that you never move forward. See, a curse is stagnation. You were busy but unproductive. Listen, let me tell you something. When I go to the gym, I don't like the treadmill. Let me tell you something right now. I don't, I don't like none of the cardio section. Now, let me tell you why I don't like it. Now, I, I like cardio. I'll do 15 miles. I did 15 miles a day. I do about 30, 40 miles a week. Now, I'm only telling you that because I like cardio. I don't like it on the treadmill or the, the elliptical or the bike. You know why? Because I was busy, but I didn't go anywhere. And I don't even like the imagery of spending all that time, energy, and calorie burning. And the only place I had to show that I went was the same place that I started. See, for some of you, watch me, you're going to see more productivity in your life in November and December than you did the first 10 months of your life. Why? Because when you break the curse, watch me, even one step forward is more than what you were doing. Even two steps forward is more than what you were doing. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, I'm productive. I'm night and day among the tombs on the mountains. He's always crying out. That's histrionic. He's overly dramatic. Oh, God. It's overly dramatic. See, some of you all, you're not a, you're not a vocal dramatic. You are silent dramatic. You don't go overly vocal. You go overly silent. Everybody else sitting there talking, having a good time, and you. You heard something funny. You are silent histrionic. <clears throat> come on, come on, let's be honest, let's be honest. How many of y'all watch me? Some of y'all, you're not overly dramatic vocally. You're, you're overly silent with your dramaticism. You... Touch your neighbor. Touch. You ain't heard nobody but yourself. Listen. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he's always crying out. He's dramatic. See, when a curse is working, it takes attention off of itself. Why do you get so dramatic so we don't focus on the issue? You get dramatic so we focus on your dramaticism. I'm just so angry. I don't care nothing about that. What's the problem? I could care less about you. Can take all that somewhere down the street. We need to fix the problem. You need to fix the problem. I've had people sometimes be overly dramatic with me, and I say, look, I'll stop all that. Matter of fact, go out of here and come back when, when you can, and come back with a solution, because I don't have time for all that. Walk, <laughs> walk out and come back when you got yourself together. Why? Because what the enemy's trying to do is make us focus on your emotion instead of the issue. And for some of you all, watch me. The, all you've been doing the last 10 months is working on your emotions and never solving the issue. But what if I told you in the next nine days... Why do I keep speaking that? That's, that's the word of the Lord for somebody. Because it may not be everybody, but it's somebody. That by the end of this month, no longer will I be caught up in my emotions. I'll be emotional for a minute, and then after that minute, let me solve this problem. I'll cry for a minute, but then let me solve this problem. I and on the mountains, he's crying out. Look at this next thing. And he's cutting himself with stones. 
So watch me. He's attempting to commit suicide, but let's also pay attention. He's misusing his tools. <laughs> He's trying to kill himself. Pay attention. But watch me. Here's the truth. He didn't really want to do it. He was histrionic, so he wanted attention. Because if you really wanted to kill yourself, the river was there. You could have gone and drowned. See, there's a lot of people, watch me, they get dramatic because they want attention. I may not see you all this week. They want attention. You have to learn how to not give the devil what he wants. Come on. Some of you, you got people around, they are attention whoremongers. All they want is attention. They send crazy texts, crazy emails. They don't do what they're supposed to do because they want attention. They He's crying out, <laughs> cutting himself with stones. Sir, stones aren't meant for this. And sir, if you really wanted to cut yourself, why don't you use a knife? So here's what happens when you refuse to break curses. You will have tools and you will not use them. See, maybe I just need something. God is like, you literally have everything you need, but you're misusing your tools. You're hurting your help instead of letting your help help you. You are misusing your tools. You literally have what you need, but instead you look at it and you use it for a different purpose. Watch me. You use it on you instead of to build something. Stones, not rocks which meant that these were used to build. You're using something that's supposed to build your life and you're using it to break your life down. So you'll come to church and hear a word, this is a stone to build your life. If you refuse to be a curse breaker, you'll hear this and you'll walk away discouraged instead of saying, let me take this message and build. You sit next to a builder, baby. Come on, you chatting with a builder, baby. And you're about to build your best life. Hey. Come on, say it. Say, I'm building my best life. Say it again. I'm building my best life. He's cutting himself with what he's supposed to use to build. But look at Mark 5, 7. Here's where I want to get. Here is we're in today's message. You ready? When Jesus comes on the scene, I want you to pay attention to the man's response. With a shriek, he screamed. Why are you interfering with me Jesus son of the most high God in the name of God watch me you're going to pray against God in the name of God I beg you do not torture me wait a minute I want you to get this thing I want you to get this thing and I like your shirt it's so fitting for today's message so you're going to be my guide for today okay because there's both of y'all in there. <laughs> both of them. Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up. Jesus walks up. And look at what the screen says. He screams. He screams. He screams. You scream. He's already, look, this is how it works. You can't even follow instructions when you got. He, you, screams. No, no, but you scream first, then you talk. Oh. That's okay. I'm going to teach you. That's all right. It's acting class, all right? So if you scream first, then you make the say, okay? All right, now this take three. You ready? All right. Okay, so let's run it again. Oh, let's run it back. Let's run it back. Let's run it back. So Jesus comes. Ah! Why are you interfering with me? Jesus, son of the most high God, in the name of God, 
Don't torture me. This is good. Come on, let's clap. This is good. This is good. This is good. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. You look at him and say he's weird, but that's what you've been doing for years. Because, watch me, watch me. You come to church and you hear a word that interferes with you. And you get offended instead of change. I'm coming for you today. I got my Holy Ghost thug anointing today. I came for you today. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Instead of changing, you try to find somebody else the message is for when the message is for you. God says, I've come to interfere with your life as usual. I've come to interfere with your curses as usual. This is the day that the Lord has made and I shall rejoice and be made God in it. Somebody shout, today is the day. God's interfering with my normal. Oh, that deserves a praise. He's, he's interfering with my normal. He's interfering with my normal. He's interfering with your normal family situation. He's interfering with your normal attitude. Somebody say, Lord, interfere. He says, Lord, why are you interfering with me? He says, I'm having fun being two different people. Makes people get me lunch and makes people take me out and makes people do stuff for me. Because being a victim is more popular than being a victor. It's fun to have something to gossip about. It's fun to have somebody to blame for my, my life is the way that it is. You're interfering with me. Watch me. The very presence of Jesus was an interference. See, can I take, watch me. Here's how you know you're a curse breaker. When your very presence makes people get up and leave. Oh, I know I'm a curse breaker. Oh, I know I'm one. Because my very presence will make a, whoop, have to get up. We about to leave. Baby, bye. My presence just offended the curse in you, and I'm not apologizing. Y'all ready? Don't be surprised if at Thanksgiving some folks dip. What does that mean? Some folks just walk out. You need to say, oh, evidently the curse breaker in me offended the curses in you. And I ain't leaving. I ain't done eating. You can go. You know you're a curse breaker because when you walk into the room, you know you're a curse breaker. Watch me. Because all of a sudden, attitudes change. They were talking loud and then they saw you walking and said, oh, don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. You know why you can't say nothing around me? You know why you can't say nothing around a curse breaker? It's because when a curse breaker walks into the room, it's going to identify your curse and it's going to snap it. I, it's about to snap it. It's about to be some snapping in November and December. Do it with me. Snap. Let's go. We got to go. We got to go. I gotta go. He says, why have you come to torture me? When you're a curse breaker, your presence is torture. It's torture. They can't even look you in the eye. Come on, open your mouth and say, I'm a curse breaker. He says, I beg you, do not torture me. Now, I want you to pay attention to this. He prays to God that God don't torture him. Sir, 
I thought the scripture says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, which evidently means these curses don't want to let go. You know them and they know you. And y'all have this incestuous relationship because they've been in your bloodline for years. You sleep with them, they sleep with you. It's incest. Because why is this torture? Why is it? I can't watch that right now. Why is it? I can't hear that right now. Pay attention. He says, I beg you, do not torture me. Question. Why does it feel like torture? Unless you have something to give up. That's not yours. The only reason it feels like it's torture, let me, let me tell you. Only reason, let me hear that. Only reason it feels like torture is because you got something that don't belong to you. See, whenever you're around a liar, it's torture to be around them because they have a truth they don't want to give up. Why would you say that? Why does it feel like torture? Unless you have something to give up that's not yours. For some people, listen, let me deal very directly. For some people say, I just don't believe in God. I don't believe in church. I don't do all of that. Could it be that it's torture? Because you've made yourself God. And to be in the presence of the real almighty and living God is torture to be around a real one. A fake can never stand up in the presence of a real one. RC Cola can't survive around Coca-Cola. Louis Vuitton can't survive around Louis Vuitton. Gucci can't survive around Gucci. I'm not saying be materialistic. What I'm saying is, is that could it be that the torture, especially in this city, because in this city people got all these things, oh, I believe in this, oh, I believe in manifestation. How are you going to manifest without God? I, I believe in self-affirmation. Well, where are you getting self-affirmation from? Do you not even know God says my name is I am, which means your affirmations are nothing more than biting off of God and you're trying to get the glory and the credit for it? Where are the people that know if it was not for Jesus? I, I'm not trying to make myself a God. For God I live, watch me, and for God I live. I, he came that I might have life and life more abundantly. Three things that you may have that you can't have. Because here's today's message. You can't have what's his. And for some of you to break curses, it's difficult because you have stuff that doesn't belong to you. You're in illegal possession of three things. Here's the first thing you're in illegal possession of, and I came to get it up off of you. Vengeance. You want to get back at everybody. You're not just petty, you super petty. You got to get back at everybody. You got to clap back at everything. It didn't require a response, but you said, no, I'm going to get the last word. You send another. Look at me. God says, if you have vengeance, I'm going to need to get that up off of you. Why? Because you getting vengeance will kill you. Why? It consumes you. 
Because here's what you're doing. You're running back and forth between the mountain and the tomb. The mountain and the tomb. The mountain and the tomb. Because vengeance is always about something that's in the past. So Deuteronomy 32, 35 says, vengeance is mine. Which means if you have it, you're in illegal possession of it. If you're trying to get back, oh yeah, I got receipts. I'm going to get them. Well, I'm going to get them. I'm going to tear that house up. I'm going to mess. I'm going to do that. God says you're in illegal possession of something that doesn't belong to you. So even worship will feel like torture. We're trying to waterboard you to get that up off of you. <laughs> Vengeance is whose? The Lord's. Which means it can't be yours. Also, what's the Lord's? Recompense. Now, I may not get to the other two points of the message. We may have to go up right here. If you don't know that it's the Lord's, you will hold on to it, and it will end up killing you. Some of y'all, especially during the holidays, you hate the holidays because it reminds you of people you want to forget. It reminds you of situations you want to forget. Vengeance is mine and recompense. What does this mean? God says, I will get them back and then I will pay you back. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Anybody ever been done wrong? Like, no, 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 no. Hold on, put your hands down. I mean severely wrong. Like severely. All right, watch me. Wave your hands online if you've been severely done wrong. I ain't talking about somebody cut you off in traffic. You're driving too slow. Move faster. <laughs> Probably was me that cut you off. Listen, I move faster next time. I got places to go. I'm trying to get the work of the Lord done. The Bible says move swiftly. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> I'm joking. Because I can, I can hear somebody in there. Oh, we got to just slow down. And just, you slow down. <laughs> and go to the, all the way <laughs> to the right. <laughs> In fact, since you don't want to drive, get you an Uber. <laughs> or get you one of these self-driving cars. Let it drive for you. All right, here we go. Vengeance is mine and recompense. So God says, look at me. All right, so how many people wave at me? You say you've been done severely wrong, okay? Online, severely wrong. Here's what the Bible says. God says, don't get them back. Now here's human nature. We about to cut some heads. I'm sorry, this is the 915. We're about to have a very vigorous fight. It's about to be a very intense battle. It's the 915, I forgot, I got it. <laughs> That's our nature. She said, what? Now get my keys, let's go. They did what? Oh, no. I am not the one. You the one today. Here's what God says. I need you to give up your desire to get even. Because if you, watch me, it's not just about, well, I didn't do it. Mm -mm, you still want to. 
And the Bible says that if a man commits adultery in his heart, he's already committed it, which means your desire to do it is the problem, not the fact that you didn't do anything with the desire to have it. You got to mature to the point where you say, God, I don't even want to get even. I give it to you. I need everybody in this building and everybody online where you got something you could get back and you could get even. Say, Lord, I give up the desire to get even with anybody. Give it up. We got to go. Watch me. And, watch me. Watch me. Vengeance is my and recompense. God says, and I will pay you back. You have to give up the desire to pay yourself back. Recompensate. Recompense. God says, I will pay you back. I put 13 years in that relationship. God says, and I'm going to give you 13 years and some interest. Because this isn't just restitution, this is recompense. Which means every opportunity you missed because of that, I got you. Mm. Every door you didn't walk in because of that, I got you. Every breakthrough you should have had that you didn't have, I got you. This isn't just restitution. Somebody say, this is recompense. God says, I need you to give me those. But watch me, when you refuse to be a curse breaker, you hold on. So now the only way God can get it from you is he got to hurt you. Let me get that up off of you. And for some of you, that's been your life. You a grown man on the floor because you won't give up what's not yours. You a grown woman on the floor. And look, then as you take it, you still reaching for it. Say, Lord, I give up the desire to get even or pay myself back. Say, because you'll handle it. How do you know? For their time is going to come. For the day of their calamity is at hand. And their doom comes how? Swiftly. God says, the moment you give it up, I'll go get them. The reason I haven't done anything is because you still want to do something. Oh, my God. That's good to me. The reason I haven't done anything is because you still want to get even and you still want to get back. But I just need to check this room. Is there anybody that says, God, you get to have vengeance. If that's you, worship God for five seconds. Go. Five. Four. Come on. Three. Two. Somebody say, I give it up. Number two. He, you can't have what's his. Your heart. Matthew 15, 8, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart, what's heart in the Bible? Your mind. Old Testament's word lev, New Testament word cardi, it means your mind. He says, you say Christian things, but I don't, but you're not a Christian. God says, I, I, your heart's far from me. See, many of you have met the God of your pastor that's more patient than the God of the Bible. Bishop, what you mean? Because the God of the Bible, if you look, he said, listen, I'm not, I'm not going back and forth with you. If I'm God, worship me. If you're going to do that, go do that. But I'm not negotiating. It's quiet here. He says, this people, they honor me with their lips. Yeah, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. And God says, you talking, but there's no walk behind your talk. Because the moment you can dishonor me, you do it. 
The moment you can turn on me, you turn. He says, you say the right things. Say the right things. Say the right things. You say the right things. Tell him hallelujah. Tell him thank you, Jesus. Tell him that you love him. Now get real sanctified like, like this. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Let's get around him. Let's circle around him. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Circle around him. Circle around him. Make the circle. Make the, make the circle around him. Make the circle. Put your hands around him. Make the circle. Put your hands around him. Make the now you got to act up like it's real. It's real. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. God got you. Stop. And God says, and then you go home and act a fool. You get in the parking lot and act a fool. You get in the vestibule. How does God know that he has your heart? Interesting, interesting thing here. You ready? Interesting thing. God says, uh, watch me, Matthew 6, 21. For where your wealth is, your treasure, your riches, your money, there your heart will also be. Here's what I've noticed. Here's what I've noticed. Here's what I've noticed. Here's what I've noticed. Is there's a correlation between the curse and non-givers. And inconsistent givers. And unfaithful givers. Because see, God says, if I have your heart, then there should be no problem about this money. Why are we fighting over money? I'll tell you why. God says, because I don't have your heart. You wouldn't think twice about sowing it. You wouldn't think twice about being consistent. You wouldn't think twice about giving. The only reason you think twice is because I don't have your heart. So God says, I won't share your heart, but I know I have your heart if I have your money. This is Bible. Somebody says Bible. Let's go bigger. It's really a bigger reflection of us. Because if you look at your checkbook, register, who still writes checks? Right, Bentley. Thank you for the three of y'all that write checks. No, I'm just joking. No, I'm just joking. Ask me. If you look at your account register, it shows you where your heart is. If you look at where the majority of your resources go, it shows you where your heart is. It's quiet in the building. Matter of fact, look at this, Malachi 3.8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed men. You say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse because you are a whole robber. And here's the reason that's a big deal to God. Because he says, I use your tithes and your offerings to gauge whether or not I had your heart. And when I saw that I didn't have your heart, then what I discovered is you had something that belonged to me. And you can have what's mine, the Lord says. So God's like, give me your heart. But to know I got your heart, it ain't your lips. Because you can say lots of Christian things. Lord, I give you my life. Hey, hey, Lord, take it over. Hey, take it over. And God is like, cut the check. I will know I have you if I have your do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do, re, mi. Me, may my mo move. Listen. <laughs> You're like, oh, but I'm so passionate in worship. Obedience is better than a sacrifice. God says, all your worship, that's cute, but cut the check. Because that's the only way he knows he has your heart. That's Bible. Here's the third thing God won't show. You ready? His glory. This one I talked about before, but this one, this one is the one that I think um, that gets me 
because it's so subtle. Somebody say subtle. I look at this. Y'all sound like an army. Sound like some curse breakers. Facebook, y'all sound like some curse breakers. YouTube, you sound like curse breakers. Instagram, y'all sound like curse breakers. Look at this. Isaiah 42 and 8. I am the Lord. That's my name. My glory I give to nobody. God says, I'm not giving my glory to, in, to anybody. Nor my praise to your car, your house, your Instagram profile, your Snapchat chat, whatever it is, your TikTok profile. He said, I'm not giving my glory to any idol you've made. I'm not giving it to your little relationship. This is God speaking, so he speaks like that so you know how to understand scale. He said, I'm not giving this to your kids. For every parent that makes a God out of your children, oh my God. He says, I'm not giving my glory to anybody. Look at 1 Corinthians 10.31. Because I know what most of us think. Most of us think the same thing I thought when the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm not trying to get the glory from you. He said, oh, yes, you are. I said, what, I said, what do you mean? It's so subtle. He, he, said, he said, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Bishop, 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 how do I know that I'm not doing it for God's glory? Because you wanted thanks. Because you wanted appreciation. Because you got mad because didn't nobody get you no card. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You got mad because nobody got you a gift. You got mad because nobody clapped for you. All I done done, the least they could do when God says, you want the glory. What does glory mean? It's a Hebrew word, kabod, which means simply you want the weight of the impact of your actions. You want appreciation. Can I tell you something? You only feel betrayed, hurt used or done wrong because the root reason of why you did what you did was not for his glory. Oh, I'm coming for you today. Let's unbutton the jacket. Get the V-neck ready just in case we got to do an outfit changement message. Why you mad? You want the glory? I'm just so angry. How they going to do me like this? You want the glory, boo. That's why you're angry. Because if you did it for his glory, if they didn't do you right, you'd say, well, it was a seed. The root re Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. He said in everything you do. Go back to Corinthians. He says in everything you do, do it all. Somebody say do it all. Be a wife for his glory. Uh-oh. Be a husband for his glory. Serve for his glory. You too grown to be babysat. Need somebody to burp you and change your diaper. Sing for his glory. Not for you to only cut a clip of you singing and post that. Play for his glory. Not for only for you to cut a clip of you playing and post that. It's quiet in the building. Do your work for his glory. Not because the boss ain't looking to watch him. What if how you handled what they didn't see was an audition for a promotion you weren't aware of? Which means I don't care that the boss didn't see me. I'm going to do a great job. Why? Because that's what I do. 
I do everything that I do and I do it for his glory. Open your mouth 915. We're done. Say, Lord, everything that I do, I do it for your glory. Get the glory out of everything I do. Now start naming what you do if you're a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, an uncle, an auntie, an entrepreneur, a business owner, a dream teamer, a pastor, a leader, a politician, an educator. Whatever you do, say it and then say for your glory. For your glory. For your glory. That's why you feel hurt. You wanted glory. You felt entitled to a response and when you didn't get it now you hurt now you mad I just solved 99 of your problems because the next time you want to get mad you just say it's not for my glory the next time you're like I'm just so underappreciated it's not for my glory Matter of fact, you ain't even got enough to appreciate me in the first place. It's not for my glory. Some of y'all looking a little ticked off. I don't care. I'm going to come get you now. You should have fixed your face. Elbow somebody next to you and say, do it for his glory. Go. Say, do it for his glory. Do it for his glory. Elbow somebody else. Say, do it all for his glory. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. Come on, Twitter. Fist bump somebody else. Say, do everything for his glory. Now, for those of you that commit that for the rest of your life, everything you do is going to be for God's glory, I'm giving you 10 seconds to worship. Go! Nine, eight, seven, six, five. Be a father for his glory. Be a leader for his glory. Serve for his glory. Hey, somebody say, for your glory, God. Why is this important? Why is this important? Why is this important? Because Jeremiah 51, 20, we're done. Everybody stand. We're done. God says, you're my hammer. You're my weapon of war. With you, I break nations in pieces. I destroy kingdoms. God says, see, see, here's the problem. You think you're the one holding the hammer. Look at me. Here's why. Let me tell you why you're mad. Let me tell you about some of y'all still bitter from eight boyfriends ago. And you wonder why you can't attract a good man. A good man don't want a bitter woman. He sees bitterness and crosses the street. And vice versa. Don't no good woman want no bitter man sitting up talking about what Helen did. Helen really hurt me. Boy, that was in 78. If you don't get... You're his hammer. Here's your problem. You think you the you think you the one. You think you this one. You think you gray suit. When you the hammer. So so look at me. You ready? No one can use you. Why? Because God, please go to the next slide, please. No one can use you because it's God that uses you as a tool. Look at me. Here's why you get, let me tell you something, let me tell you, let me tell you what ticks me off about church people. Is you can, stay there, you can be taught, and not just church people, about people. You can be taught, poured into, all that, and still come away from all of that. And I ain't doing that. You ain't, you, you ain't the hammer carrier. You the hammer. 
Your only job is to be available so you can be used. Watch me. Look at somebody and say, you can't use me because God used me as a tool. Ain't nobody going to take advantage of me. You're nuts, man. You're nuts. You can't be used because God says, you're my hammer. And what if your only assignment was to get that man to God? What if your only assignment was to get that woman to God? What if your only assignment as God's tool was to do? You thought it was going to be this and that. And God says, no, you're my tool. And I use you for six months. And now that I'm done using you, it's time for the next assignment. You better understand what the assignment is. So here's the last, here's the last one. Ephesians 6, 8. See, God says, I'm not sharing my glory with you. Say, Lord, I'm your tool. So get this imagery. You're not gray suit. You are hammer. Say, I am hammer. Hammer time. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I saw you. I saw you. I saw you. He was ready. Ready. Ready, ready, ready. Look, look, look. You, 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 you are, you, this is you. Now, for those of you who say, well, I don't want to be used that way. You don't even know what you can do. Some of you, you're not used at all. You need to get involved, take Harvest You, and get, and get part of the dream team. Because literally, you're an idle hammer. So the reason you feel so used by people is because God ain't using you. You are the hammer. You are not gray suit. You are not the one that uses the hammer. You're the one that gets used. And sometimes when you're being used, it feels like you're being... But when you don't want the glory, here's your response to God. Be the glory. Come on, come on, 915. Say to God, be the glory. Say it again, to God, be the glory. Ephesians 6, 8, here's why. Knowing that whatever good you do, the Lord is going to reward you. As a pastor, I used to feel like, God, these people are using me. They come suck up my time and don't change. They use me, Lord. They just use me. You used to think this way. I don't know. So they just use me. And the people who want the most do the least. People who complain the most are the most undependable. I said, Lord, they're using me. He said, son, you are my tool. And I will use you however I want to use you. But here's the good part. Here's the good part, son. Nobody can ever use you because I'm using you. Which means you've already been checked out. Nobody else can check you out because you've been checked out. But hey, son, if you'll stop trying to get the glory, here's what you're going to discover. What you thought was being used was really just sowing seed. And I got a lot of seed, oh my God, in the ground. Is there anybody where you can look back over your life and say, I wasn't used, I was sowing seed. And I got a lot of seed in the ground. And watch me, that seed is about to produce something amazing for you. That seed is about to produce something amazing for you. Somebody say, my harvest is coming before the end of this year.
Everybody pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you. I can't have what's yours. I can't have your vengeance. I can't have your glory. I can't have your, uh, I have to give you my heart. Say it that way. My heart belongs to you. If you're in this building or you're online, you're not a Christian. Today's your day to give your life to the Lord for the first time. Secondly, to give your life to the, but you've not been faithful to him. Today's your day to recommit yourself to the Lord. You're like, Bishop Bowman, I have no clue where things stand with the Lord, but I want to be sure. Today's your day. If you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure. On three, slip that hand up in the building online. Do the hand wave emoji or say it's me. I've got digital ambassadors watching right now. One, are you ready? Can I have somebody praying with me that we see people come to the Lord today? God's not mad at you. He says, I want your heart. Don't get vengeance and give me my glory. One, two, three. If that's you, just put that hand up in this building. God bless you. Online, do the hand with the emoji or say it's me. Come on, church. Can we celebrate decisions being made today? Everybody pray this to me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. You are great. You are amazing. You are God. I give you my life. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to run this race. I'm a curse breaker. And to break curses, I have to give you what's yours. I can't hold it any longer. Say it. I can't hold you any longer. I give you vengeance. I give you glory. I give you my heart. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, text that word decision to the number on the screen, or you're also welcome to um, scan that QR code. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to the number 877-552-4746. And we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you. In the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Ah, feel the whoa with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now only at BJ's. 